0: Go rebuild my church, which, as you can see, is falling into ruins." These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 A.D. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan.
1: And I'm Leslie Doan.
0: And you're listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus, and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today.
1: Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 14 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church.
0: You can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostolate dedicated to renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.
1: Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate, we can provide pathways for you to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. And we want to welcome our new listeners, those of you that are joining us for the very first time. Last week, we completed a wonderful series that was very near and dear to our hearts, a series on what it means to rebuild and renew the Catholic family as the domestic church.
0: Throughout that series, we looked at sacred scripture, excerpts from the catechism, the lives of the saints, and the teaching of the church, as we sought to challenge individuals, families, and local parishes to rebuild and renew the Catholic faith here in America in the family.
1: We discovered through our research and study that restoring the Catholic family as the domestic church is critical to both rebuilding the Catholic faith here in America, as well as placing our families in the Lord's presence for blessing, protection, nurture, and stability. Now, if you are just joining us and you'd like to go back and listen to the broadcasts and these series, please go to catholicradioindy.org where you can access our podcast. they is a total of 12 programs. Is that right, Peter? That's right, Leslie. And we cover a variety of really compelling and inspiring topics. You're gonna learn about the family as the domestic church from both the Old and New Testament. We talk a little bit about the early church fathers, their perspective on the domestic church, Vatican II, and then we get into pretty deeply the um, writings of St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI on the family.
0: Yes, Leslie, we also covered what Pope Benedict called a quiet attrition taking place in the church, which he attributed to the impact of secularized culture on our Christian faith. And we can see this quiet attrition and some troubling data regarding the family and the decline in their participation in weekly mass attendance and the sacraments, which we talked about.
1: And then we wrap the series up by offering some practical solutions to help our listeners rebuild the Catholic family as a domestic church. And you're going to hear some tips that you can introduce to your families right away, along with some useful tools focusing on fatherhood and motherhood. Yes. So today, Peter, before we start a new and exciting series, we want to get into some more um, topics that are presently in the headlines that really kind of set the stage for our new series. And it has to do with a recent report that was published by the Surgeon General of the United States. This report was uh, titled Our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation. This report confirms earlier polls given by the Gallup organization and a poll taken by a polling group at Harvard University about some struggling statistics around loneliness and isolation.
0: Yes, Leslie. And at the website, www scienceofpeople.com, they have assembled some very good information on this epidemic of loneliness here in America. A couple things to quote. Loneliness is steadily rising in the United States, which has created a loneliness epidemic. 2018 loneliness statistics show that 30% of older adults reported loneliness. The survey data from 2019 showed that 58% of Americans often felt like no one in their life knew them well, and that in 2020, young women in the United States were most likely to report losing touch with friends.
1: So Peter, why is this happening? I mean, did you get a feel for what's going on in the data?
0: So Americans marry much later and much more likely to move around often, they said. These two factors are related to higher rates of social isolation and feelings of loneliness. Here are some of the ways that contribute to friendship loss and challenges according to the American Perspectives Survey. Working long hours leads to social isolation. Parents not getting enough adult friend time may contribute to more feelings of loneliness. And having, this is interesting, Leslie, having too many friends in one area of your life makes you vulnerable to loneliness. It's best to cultivate more friendships outside the places like your workplace, it said.
1: Well, Peter, did the data say anything about people working from home now? I know over the pandemic, a lot of people moved to working remotely. Did it say anything about that contributing to loneliness? No,
0: it, it didn't mention at least what I read. But important to all this, on the other hand, It said that loneliness cuts across all socio and economic groups and demographics, which is interesting. From baby boomers to millennials to generation Z, young people, young adults, and older adults all reported on loneliness. And the researchers could not find any age-related predictors of loneliness. They found that living alone, having poor health, infrequent social interactions and unmarried predict loneliness in all age groups.
1: So that brings us to the question, what are the effects of loneliness? Well, they can be quite detrimental. Loneliness researchers have found that social isolation increases the risk for various health adverse health outcomes. There are many risk factors, such as the risk of heart disease, stroke, a weakened immune system, obesity, inflammation, Long-term disability, depression, anxiety, and even premature death. That's
0: amazing, Leslie. I know.
1: That's pretty depressing, to say the least. The CDC also reports that many older adults face a 50% increased risk of dementia due to social isolation, leading to an increased risk for stroke and premature death.
0: So why do we point these things out today? Because we as Catholic Christians do not escape this epidemic, Leslie.
1: No, we're we're part of the report, the research.
0: So this is very interesting. In the early 1980s, Mother Teresa was commenting that every nation and culture has its own poverty. She then stated that the chief poverty in America was loneliness. That's kind of very prophetic from Mother Teresa. Leslie and I believe that the Lord has an antidote in this poverty in America, as Mother Teresa pointed out. It is the church rebuilt with relational structures.
1: Yes, so we we really want to talk about today how we can cure this epidemic of loneliness in the church.
0: Yes, foundational to ancient biblical Christianity is relationships. The Holy Spirit, through the apostles, built the church relationally. Relationship to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is the vertical part. But also, just essential, the church is built relationally. That is, relationship to brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, horizontal. I really love the scripture, Leslie, in Revelation chapter 1, where John is introducing himself to the readers, and he points out as he introduces himself, first of all, not as the apostle, not as the disciple of Jesus, not as ecclesiastical authority, not as the one that that was on Jesus' breast, but he says, I, John, your brother.
1: Well, we're going to take a short break now. And when we return, we'll begin to discuss how the New Testament church was founded on relationships and how they shared life together. We're going to talk a little bit about the one another verses and how a small group structure can help us experience those verses. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood, in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today we are discussing a cultural phenomenon that is taking place in our society. It's a poverty of loneliness. And in our last segment, we pointed out that this poverty is across all socioeconomic demographics. We know that this poverty also touches us as Catholics here in America. We're not immune to that. Peter, what is the Lord's answer to this poverty of loneliness? How can we begin to experience a relationship within the church?
0: Well, Leslie, as we pointed out in the last segment, the church was called and meant to be built on relationships, both to the Trinity, but also relationship with fellow believers. We live in such a transitory culture, and so often at Mass, We see so many unfamiliar faces, don't we, especially if we're in a large parish?
1: Absolutely.
0: So how does the building relationships work in a church, and where do we see this in Scripture? So I'm so glad that we're looking at this, and it reminds me that there's literally 59 times in the New Testament where we find this phrase, one another. I call these the one another verses.
1: Right. Some of these verses say, love one another be at peace with one another, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Mm -hmm. It goes on and on. Yes, Honor one another above yourselves, live in harmony with one another, stop passing judgment on one another, serve one another, and accept one another. And that's just a little sampling.
0: Yes, there's a a lot. Mm -hmm. So these are behaviors that flow out of our relationship to Jesus, but are directed towards our relationship with our brothers and sisters. Many of these verses have been taught by the church in the Sunday pulpit and homilies, but few of them can be lived out by Catholic believers within the context of much of church programming,
1: or just seeing one another at church on at mass on Sunday.
0: Right, right. Not to not to downgrade that piece of it. But we're talking about what goes on the other six days of the week. Right. So this primary activity, I heard this quote called, the church was one anothering one another. Another quote I like that I've heard in this area, when everyone is sitting in rows, we can't do any of the one another's. If the church's focus does not include some people in community throughout the week, we will not have that abundance opportunities to be the church. When we're intentional about guiding the church towards biblical community, we begin to create more space for these one another's. It's so much easier to do that one another in community rather than in rows.
1: Really, and I would encourage everybody just to do a little search in the scripture on the one another verses, and you would be amazed at those 59 verses. It's, it's really inspiring.
0: Right after Pentecost, the apostles structured the new believers into a new community. And the scriptures in Acts chapter two that speak of this are really powerful to see what the results of that community being built together brought forth. It says there were signs and wonders among the believers. They shared things in common. They went to both temple worship and they met in homes daily. They ate together daily. They had a life of praise and they found favor, it says, among all the people. And then the Lord did this. It says the Lord added to them. When the Lord sees this kind of community, Leslie, in activity, he says, yes, this is it, and he adds to it.
1: These verses really show how their life together was built on relationships, and it took place day to day, daily, not just on Sunday. So Peter, how can we translate this our own experience in the church today i know our churches do a great job connecting us to various ministries and programs but it seems this was not necessarily the focus of what was happening with our first christians
0: you know i think you're absolutely correct these first christians were not involved primarily in programs i'm sure they had certain programs but they were involved in sharing their newfound faith with one another in small groups that met together in homes while still they were meeting in large groups at the temple. I've found through my over 40 years in ministry, Leslie, that this structure is how we can best model the early church and address this poverty of loneliness that we're talking about today that is sweeping the country and the church today that even the certain general is now talking about. First, Leslie, let me mention to our listeners that we've just completed a guidebook for parishes called How to Build a Small Group Ministry in the Catholic Parish. These groups are often referred to in Catholic writings as small groups, small church communities, small faith communities, parish households, and basic communities. This guidebook is free of charge, and along with the guidebook, we'll also be offering training opportunities for those interested in implementing a small group structure in their parish. During that session, we're available to meet with you and provide guidance on how to get started, your relationship to the parish, choosing small group leaders, and more. Again, free of charge to help with the implementation.
1: And at the end of this program, we'll let you know how you can reach out to Peter and get access to the guidebook and the training.
0: Yes, there are so many questions that arise in sorting through just what a small group is and its distinction from structures like Bible studies, self-help studies, and in the parish ministries that have small group dynamics like that man is you, but are not really small groups in total.
1: Well, Peter, I know you're very passionate about this topic, um, especially small groups going back to your theological studies at St. Um, During that time, you actually wrote your thesis on this topic entitled How Small Church Communities Will Serve the New Evangelization in the Third Millennium. So why do you believe this structure is so important for the rebuilding and renewing of the church?
0: Well, the backdrop, Leslie, is let's talk about the whys and what's of a small group movement within a local parish. And I want to begin by quoting Pope St. John Paul II. Drawing upon the thorough discussion of small communities, which took place at the 1987 Synod on the Vocation and Mission of the Lay Faithful, John Paul II urged local ecclesial authorities to foster these, what he called, living communities. He said they are where the faithful can communicate the word of God and express in service and love and love to one another. There's that one another again, Leslie. These communities are true expressions of ecclesial communion and centers of evangelization in communion with their pastors, The ministry of Jesus, remember, when he came on the scene, turned things upside down, and he shifted the paradigms of his day. In one of his parables, he even spoke this parable about new wine needing to be put in new wineskins. Remember, Leslie, he taught that both new wine and the container used to hold that new wine was essential. New wine must be poured into new wineskins, and if it isn't, the wine becomes spoiled and the wineskins become ruined. So Jesus instructed his disciples that his gospel would be put into a different structure and a different context. Now, just as the gospel in Jesus' day required a fresh wineskin, right, to contain this new wine, so today the focus in the church on the new evangelization, discipleship, and missionary discipleship will require new wineskins, small groups in the parish that can be essential in that structure.
1: Well, we're gonna take a short break now. And when we return, we will share how small groups have been a key component of our personal spiritual journey and some practical advice on how a small group works. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents Woody and Joyce Wood and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support.
0: Do you like game shows? How about trivia? You're listening to Catholic Radio, so I assume you're interested in the Catholic Church. Catholic Challenge 2.0 is the newest addition to our programming lineup here on Catholic Radio Indy a 30-minute quiz show covering almost everything Catholic. Catholic Challenge 2.0 tests your knowledge and teaches at the same time. Check it out every Thursday afternoon at 4.30 right here on Catholic Radio Indy.
1: You're listening to the radio program Go Rebuild My Church. Today we are discussing what Mother Teresa referred to as the chief poverty here in America, and that is loneliness. We've seen that even our secular culture is beginning to recognize the negative effects of loneliness and social isolation. And we as a nation are struggling with this. Finally, we are saying that we as Catholics are not immune to this, but that the Lord's Church can provide the antidote to this through structures that build and enhance our brotherhood and sisterhood. We have two specific experiences where our small group played a critical role on our journey in the Lord and provided us support during a very difficult time. We personally have been engaged in small groups for over 40 years, isn't that right, Peter? Yes, Leslie. Going back to our days as young Christians in college. So the first experience is is as a college student. One of the college's students invited me to attend a small group meeting in a home after I had a conversion experience and had really dedicated my life to the Lord. This became the basis for me to form Christian relationships, who helped me grow in my faith. To this day, the small group model on our college campus, on all college campuses, is a place where during a dark culture, young adults can find camaraderie and strength to maintain their Catholic faith. And some of my fondest memories are of meeting in small groups with fellow believers, and of course, meeting you, Peter.
0: And we've often humored each other that this is the best place to meet your future spouse in a small group encounter.
1: Right, a small group meeting.
0: And just as an aside also, Leslie, uh, Franciscan University, we know, promotes such small group structures as well, and we've used those structures also in our parish leadership in the past. Now, what about the whys again? We mentioned about St. John Paul, the second and his talking about living communities well let's go back to jesus for a minute who not only gave that parable about the new wine and the new wine skins but in his experience although he went to the synagogues to proclaim his message and teachings We also see that he created a base for ministry at Simon's house in the context of relationships.
1: And we were there at Simon's house when we did our Holy Land um, pilgrimage and it was just across the way from the synagogue in Capernaum.
0: Yeah, you could really see see the connection there. In his first encounter in the house of Simon, he was healing Simon's mother-in-law. He grasped her, helped her up, and in the process, the fever left her and she began to serve the household. That's in Matthew chapter eight. Not only was Simon, along with his brother Andrew, chosen to become fishers of men, but Simon's house was chosen to become sacred space.
1: Right, it was a meeting place.
0: Yeah, the sacred incarnate son of God administered healing to the household, and it became a platform for his ministry. And these scriptures draw our attention to the ministry done in the home. And within this context, there are important connections we consider at the beginning of the Lord Jesus' ministry. So the emphasis on meeting in small home groups transitioned then, Leslie, to the Acts of the Apostles as they were met both in the temple, but also moved from house to house. We find that in Acts 5, 42.
1: And we've also experienced some really divine times when we were first married, meeting in a home.
0: Yes, that's right, Leslie. Go ahead and share that time when really even goes back to when we were young adults without children.
1: Well, after we were married, we were in a small group with some other young married couples. And, of course, we met in a home. And like Peter's mother-in-law, there was a time when we needed the healing touch of Jesus. Um, We had the experience of losing our first child. Um, She was born prematurely and had only lived for 48 hours. And then after that, I had had a series of tests, and the doctor detected that I had been born with a physical diagnosis. deformity that would prevent me from carrying uh, full term. And of course, during that time, our our hearts were broken. And it was just the worst news that we could have ever heard, uh, that we would continue to have this type of trouble uh, conceiving and bearing children. And during that meeting there was a young man there who prayed for us and he had a prophetic word for us a word of healing and he shared from jeremiah twenty nine eleven the scripture for surely i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope
0: let's well, see i can picture that young man sharing that like it was yesterday in my mind and a reflection of that evening is still in my mind as well we were really totally broken at that time and feeling very hopeless that evening was a life changer that i can still again as i mentioned see in my mind's eye four decades later the odds of that one another experience happening in a large gathering like a mass or a praise meeting is very remote but this kind of meeting structure lent itself to personal ministry, just like Peter's mother-in-law.
1: And we've had this experience even recently with one of the members of our small group. Peter, would you like to share about what happened with um, in our small group?
0: Yes, in our small group that we are in presently, Leslie, we found out that one of the members had a serious blood cancer. And we began to talk to him about it, uh, share with him, bear the burden with him through prayer. And by God's grace, through the work of doctors and medicine, and but also the prayer and encouragement and the fellowship in that small group, our brother, received a wonderful healing experience and he's healed today and i know that during that time the small group was really able to lift him up and carry him during that time
1: well peter why don't you pray for us right now especially pray for those listeners that might be battling loneliness who might be socially isolated maybe they're faithful mass attenders but they just don't feel a connection relationally within their church so let's take a moment to pray
0: Yeah, amen, Leslie. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. We're reminded, as Mother Teresa said way back in the 1980s, that there's a poverty among us called loneliness, and it's even being confirmed by secular leaders today. We ask, O Lord, that you would help your church, the church that we love here in America, come out of this loneliness, not by man's will or man's strength, but by the Holy Spirit and by the hand of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that there would be a move among your people where you bring us together, bind us together in brotherhood and sisterhood, and help us to find one another in new ways in this new evangelization. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Well, Peter, before we wrap up, could you let our listeners know where they can reach out to you and get a copy of a guidebook on how to start small um, small groups in their own parishes?
0: Yes, if you go to our website, www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org, you can find our contact information. And if you reach out to us, we would love to just spread this guidebook out to show how one can begin to start these wonderful small groups in a Catholic parish.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today and make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye for now and
0: keep keep the the faith. faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at
1: www.catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here
0: on Catholic Radio Indy.